This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. But I'm pretty sure the second leg will be different. The second half, because I know Mauricio is going to learn or going to see the game. You cannot win the qualification, the final in the first leg, but you can lose it. What we have done is incredible and we want to compete. We compete really well. In that stages, you cannot be 90 minutes perfect, perfect. And of course, it's a dream to reach the final for the first time in our, li- in our life from this club. And we're going to try to do it. We can do- change something to, to be more aggressive and more fluid in our game. And, uh, and do it. Now it's rest. I was happy that in the locker room after the game, the place was so calm. No cheering, just calm. And uh, some hugs and see his mobile phones because we know everything can happen in the second leg. Now is going to Crystal Palace, the big crowd opportunity to, you know, for the Premier League. And after three days later, try to play a good game against again and try to reach the final. On the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Pep Guardiola sounding very focused on what's ahead for Man City. It could be a trebly satisfying season for Pep and the citizens. It's Friday. It's on the ball with me, Ross. Welcome to the show. Also, very big welcome to my three guests. Bob Holmes is here. Hello, Bob. Hi. Pleasure to be here talking about some competitive football. Oh, there's some stuff to talk about tonight. Um, Craig Marias is also here. Hello, Craig. How you doing, guys? How you doing, Ross? Uh, great to be here as always. Yeah, you look you look like you're on cloud six. <laughs> oh, it's been a few sleepless nights, definitely, but um, it was well worth it. Last yeah. night made it well worth it. I know. When it gets to semi-final stage in the Champions League, Asian <laughs> fans give up more than anything. Let me tell you, European people. <laughs> Tess Corkill, hello. Welcome to the show. Nothing to see in the fact there being two incredibly dubious penalties given to two of the clubs who are into the European Super League who are massively in debt and got penalties at crucial times. Nothing to see here. Nothing <laughs> to see. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet at BFM Radio. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And because it's Friday... We've got a TFIF video out. Uh, do check it out on YouTube. It includes a Malaysian Super League update. Ooh, yummy, yummy. Right, let's get on with the football. Uh, we heard Pep at the start. PSG won. Manchester City 2. City have now won their past 18 away matches in all competitions. Um, I know we were talking about quadruple just a couple of weeks ago, Bob. But um, still, very tasty treble on the cards. Uh, Yes, very much so. Um, Very, very impressive second half by City. Uh, Not so good in the first half, but I think the fact that they recovered from that, they kept their poise, they remained patient. And if they had a bit of luck with the goals, um, I think it's overdue. When you look back at City's uh, travails in the Champions League, especially under Pep, they were overdue. Uh, a slice of fortune, but they deserve to win the game. I don't think there's any question about that. Their second half performance was tremendous. It was the city we are used to seeing. Uh, PSG bossed the first first half. They looked really good, didn't they, Bob? They did. I mean, they, um, we said on the show last week, you know, uh, uh, any side that has Mbappe and Neymar in it, uh, cannot be written off. And and Di Maria at 34, yeah. still going strong, you have to say. Um, but they faded. 
and they faded badly. I mean, they, I don't think Mbappe had a kick in the second half, did he? No. I mean, Neymar did his usual, spent more time on the ground. But no, let's talk about City. They, they were absolutely tremendous. I thought Diaz was a rock at the back. Um, uh, Kyle Walker had a fantastic game. And De Bruyne. Um, basically, I thought he was the he was the driving force, and um, they look very capable of winning the whole thing. I don't want to count the chickens, as I say. Neymar and Mbappe cannot be dismissed, but they City are looking good. Kevin De Bruyne played in his ideal midfield position, centre left and right. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is that good, honestly. All right, Kayla Navas, uh, PSG goalkeeper will feel a little bit aggrieved. I'm coming to you, Des Corkill. Goalies set up walls for free kicks. And that PSG wall, I put the, the word wall in inverted commas, for Mares's free kick was atrocious. Well, okay. So I, I, I've been wondering about the theory of having a player lying down. Okay, we've seen <laughs> goals go under walls, but we don't see it frequently. We see it very rarely. The whole job of a defensive ball is to reduce the percentages of a, uh, of, a of, of the ball going into one side. Keeper looks after one side. The wall theoretically looks after the other. And you try to reduce the percentages of it happening. If that wall jumps and they jump sideways, you're making the wall non-existent. And this has happened in big games. We've, well, Cristiano Ronaldo got uh, criticised for it. For when they jump, the body contorts. So they've gone to all this elaborate preparation of player underneath the wall, four tall men in the wall, and then they turn, turn their side. So a wall, this is overcomplication once again of something that's very, very simple. The jumping gets me as well. <laughs> if somebody's able to put the ball top shelf, kudos, credit. <laughs> but if the ball goes straight through yeah. the middle of the wall, then... Forget it. Don't have a wall. Don't bother. And, and it's a modern trend. It's like not having a, a player on your post for, for corners. I understand the theory, but it's overcomplicating matters. And I just don't get it. And the, the man lying down, I don't get it. Saying that, it's a dreadful free kick from Mares, straight down the middle of the wall. Shouldn't, shouldn't go anywhere near the, the back of the net, and yet it does. The first goal is a lucky punt in. From Kevin De Bruyne. Across. So, yeah. it, 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 it's a cross. It's played into, as, as, as is described, a good area, a difficult area. Nobody gets there. Navas doesn't have a chance because it skids, skids off. But to me, it seems like the analysis is goals good, concede very, very bad. Some total of analysis. Yeah, Manchester City played better in the second half, but they got jammy with two goals. PSG played better in the first half. They scored a goal which Manchester City, I would imagine, are furious about because of their defensive work. Marquinhos literally flies through 10 yards before he, he makes his jump and gets there. So I'm looking at both, all three goals as being at the top, top level, very, very preventable. With all that in mind, Craig Marais, for you, this tie is not over yet, is it? PSG, Man City. No, not at all. Um, I, I did tweet about that yesterday. I think uh, what the first leg has done is set us, set us up nicely for an absolute spectacle of a second leg. Um, and I say that because, um, as, as Bob um, mentioned, you know, when you have players of the quality of Di Maria, Neymar and Bappe, um, and I haven't even gone to the bench yet. I mean, Moise King on loan from Everton. I mean, 
<clears throat> this is a kid that's been talked about uh, over the last few years when he was at Juve. Um, didn't quite cut it at Everton for, for the big money move that he did, uh, but has been scoring a lot of goals in, in, in France. Um, Ecardi, you know, I mean, how good was he when he was at Inter Milan? He was mm. their captain. Um, you know, it was just, you know, 20 odd goals a season. Um, and it, he didn't even get on. Um, there, there is goals in this PSG side. There's no question about it. Why uh, Pochettino didn't, didn't get them onto the field when they, they probably needed a goal? Maybe he didn't want to commit too many bodies uh, in search of that goal, despite City having two away goals. Um, and, and he's confident that they go over to, to um, the Etihad and, and, and get a goal. And, and I can see why he's done that. I mean, the red card obviously didn't help. Uh, didn't help matters for them. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that there's so many goals in this uh, in the second leg. I mean, City aren't going to uh, be at home and, and shut up shop. I mean, that's not how Pep plays. And, and PSG have to come out and get a goal or two. So, um, yeah, it's really so much to play for in the second leg. And and we look at it and, and we, we feel... That yes, PSG probably second half didn't do as well. I mean, at halftime we're we're we're, uh, we're purring and we're saying what a performance that was by by PSG. But uh, credit to City, they pulled it back despite those those uh, kind of lucky goals or jammy goals, as as they said. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, I just think you know th- this tie is not dead yet. So uh, if I was a City fan, I'd still be worried. The other. Semi-final is also not dead yet. It's going back to Stamford Bridge. It will be Chelsea 1, Real Madrid 1 after the first leg. Karim Benzema, 34 years old now, hit his 71st Champions League goal of, of his career. Bob Holmes, it's like it's like wine. The older you get. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that was some goal, wasn't it? It was uh, very nice. Really, right. really, yes. Um, <laughs> But uh, Chelsea, I thought, uh, did, uh, did very well. Uh, they managed the game well. I think Tuchel got his tactics uh, pretty much right. And they are probably slight favourites for the second leg. Uh, so you've got both English teams uh, in a position of being favourites. But uh, as everybody has said, long way to go yet. And I think we are in for cracking ties, even yeah. this one. It, it didn't match the um, PSG City game. Uh, I thought Chelsea started off very well. Um, but uh, Real Madrid, uh, they know how to play, even if they're not at their best. And uh, they, they held on and they'll be thinking that they can win it. They're Real Madrid after all, aren't they? But I don't <laughs> think... I don't think that uh, Ramos will be back. No. And um, Hazard only came on. We hardly noticed him. But he, but um, he wasn't injured, Bob. But he wasn't he, injured. Well, he survived about 10 <laughs> minutes with, without getting injured. Um, what he's uh, doing between now and uh, next week, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> you know, the, the guy, it really, it's, it's incredible. You know, he only missed 18 games in his whole time at Chelsea. I think it was about eight wow. years, eight or nine years. I mean, he was just never injured. And no, I don't think he's played 18 times for Real Madrid, has he? <laughs> no, no. And all different different types of injury. So really, really bad luck for him and for Real Madrid because he was like their, he was their marquee signing uh, before the, the lockdown and all that. And uh, he's they've just not had the best of him. Uh, but... 
the, the older guys can still do it, but I think you saw that they were, they, they began to show their age a bit. I thought Modric and Cruz, they didn't have the same influence that they did in the game against Liverpool. That's probably because Chelsea were actually set up better than Liverpool. But um, they, uh, I think they, they're very much in the tie. Yep. Uh, Chelsea have got a score. I mean, uh, Werner man- managed to miss another sitter, didn't he? Oh. And although we Incredible. thought he was improving, <laughs> um, this is going to bug him. Uh, and I don't know whether how long Tuchel will put up with him, but... Uh, that, that's a bit of a worry for Chelsea. Where are the yeah. goals going to come from? Yeah, Pulisic put it on a plate for Werner. On a plate! All right, we, we're already running out of time, amazingly. <laughs> so, Europa League, Man United beat Roma 6-2. They became the first side to score six in a semi-final of a major European competition since May 1964. A couple of years before my time. It was Madrid beating Zurich 6-0. Um, impressive. Fernandez back into form, Craig Marias. You know, I, it was it was another of those Jekyll and Hyde performances uh, from from United. You know, I thought they were in control um, in the first half, um, and then you scored an absolute fantastic goal. I mean, we talk about Fernandez. Uh, how good was Pogba as well last yeah. night? Yeah, um, uh, but uh, you know that little bit of skill for the first goal and and a great pass uh, they run after from uh, from Cavani. Um, but, you know, it was a soft penalty to give away. And, and you look at it, it is harsh. You know, he's not even looking at the boys, but his hands are... In that let, 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 let's you jump can't. in. Even that Smalling yeah. penalty was soft. That was oh, soft. Oh, I, I could not believe that was good. It went to VAR as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it went to VAR and I, and I was convinced it was not going to be given. It, it was never a penalty in a million years. <laughs> um, I, I can see why they get Pogba's one though, because, yeah. you know, his hands are yeah. unnatural. He's yeah. on the floor. You know, you can't have your hands up. I can see that. But the Smalling one was ridiculous. Uh, but but they gave it. Um, but I thought you know United. It, it was easy to crumble uh, in that you know when you know when you when you're playing Roma you you, you know you go goal down and you know things are looking a little bit bleak uh, for you. The, the tempo in the first half was good at times, just not consistent enough. Um, but I'm starting to think right. I, I've got a theory about this, and, and we know about how United perform in the second half. Um, I can only put it down to one thing. And and that is Ole's team talks at half time. That 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 is all I can think of. So he doesn't because, do I mean, good. He doesn't do good pre match, but he does brilliant yeah, half time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, I mean, it's amazing. Um, I, I saw his post match um, interview um, after, and and the the reporter said, you know, uh, Paul Scholes and Owen Hargreaves that were in the studio were saying he's got to he's got to make substitutions in the, at half time uh, and bring probably you know the likes of Mason Greenwood and and, and someone else on. Um, but he didn't, you know, he kept, he kept with that side and it's very rare. I mean, he, we saw at West Ham, yes, he, he will make the odd change here and there, but it's very rare that, that, that he do that. And, um, you know, he get them a real, real good, uh, uh, kick up the, um, behind, um, and, and what a second half performance that was. I mean, he's effectively won that tie and, and led United to the final, um, you know, in 45 minutes. It was absolutely breathtaking at times. I think helped by some poor goalkeeping and defending. Um, I, I don't think uh, Chris Smalling really covered himself in glory in his return to Old Trafford. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, they, they had three injuries in the first half, which, yeah. which obviously didn't help their flow. Yeah, three first uh, but, half subs. That really killed them, didn't it? Yeah. 
Uh, and the keeper, I think. I think is it over for you? Is it over? They need four. Four without reply. I mean, you know, I, I, I like to be cautious and, and everything <laughs> like that. But I mean, four goals. If, if United, you know, let, let this lead slip, you know, I'll be speechless. And, you know, then it'll be, it'll be probably, Ole, you probably won't see me back at this show again. But, uh, it, it would be, it'd be hashtag Ole out, no doubt. Yeah, yeah I, mean, well, I can Roma, see. Roma got two away goals. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, four, four nil. <laughs> that should do it, Bob. Four nil. Uh, all right. Um, let's whiz into the break with uh, a quick word about Villarreal two, Arsenal one. It was two nil. It actually could have got worse for the Arsenal. Um, Pepe was probably the standout player. He scored a penalty, uh, got them back into it. Not dead yet this time. Villarreal, uh, Arsenal, Descorkill. Uh, Leno made an outstanding save at two nil to prevent it going three nil. The penalty is not a penalty. Pepe has gone into a forest of players. He has kicked out at a player who's not trying to challenge him. Uh, that's gone to VAR as well, I believe, and they've decided that's a penalty. Tell you what, that is not a penalty. I am going to suggest that perhaps, perhaps, a team with more money than another team is getting decisions which are then being reviewed and not being corrected. Hmm. Is, there, is there anything to see here? Is there anything to see? Should we ask this question? Uh, is asking this kind of question aloud? Because 2-0 down, they're virtually out. And then suddenly a team with a lot of money, who have, who have lost a lot of money, are suddenly in a European final away from home. Is there anything to see here? Hmm. On the game itself, I, th I thought it was a strange uh, starting lineup. Uh, having uh, Emil Smith row up front, we've said, trust the kids, but... Don't get rid of Lacazette because they're kind of, kind of, kind of good players. But uh, so I thought it was a, a strange and brave uh, opening lineup. But that penalty, to me, it has got me questioning football at the very top level. It uh -oh. really has. Can me I just? Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, the the both games. Uh, I watched the highlights of both Europa League games. And the overwhelming sense was that they were they were being not ruined, but wildly distorted by idiotic decisions. And the combination of the rules and VAR is is just unbe unbeatable. Yeah. I mean, they've got you. And you know, taking this further, you could even say that the introduction of VAR affords the opportunity to reverse a decision and whether that's always been in favor we've had it for two seasons now i think you could look back do an examination of all the cases and see if there is anything to see there i don't think so because i i think we would have noticed if they'd always gone in favor of the big six uh clubs but last night they did but uh I don't think so. Overall, I don't so think so. So soon after the ESL? So soon after this ESL? So soon well, what, after we... What, what, are they, what, what are they trying to do then? Who's, get, who's get the behind big, it? Get the big clubs into the finals. Get the, get the big clubs going there. Okay. Yeah, who, who is doing that? All right. Hey, I tell you what. I tell you what. Talks, Bob, you, yeah. they, used to count, they used to say that didn't happen in, in Asia. De De Des and Bob are going to go into this whilst we're having a little break on air. So, um, yeah, back after this. Has come up with uh, something beyond ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9.
This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Des Corkill, Bob Holmes, Craig Marias. Looking forward to the weekend's football. There's a Friday night game to talk about, first and foremost. It is Southampton in 15th against uh, third place Leicester City. Um, 3 a.m. kickoff. The Saints, well, they're vastly differing forms going into this one. The Saints have lost three in a row in all competitions, including their FA Cup semi-final. Um, they're safe, though, Bob. So do you reckon there'll be any urgency going into this one? Well, I think there'll be urgency from the manager, Ralph uh, Hasenhutl, uh, because uh, his stock has uh, waned considerably, hasn't it, uh, in the second half of the season. Um, he was being talked about as a possible uh, manager for the likes of Bayern Munich and uh, Spurs, even. Uh, Spurs' job is available, but uh, he's probably out of the running now. Uh, but uh, I think a good win here, which would avenge the uh, semi-final defeat in the FA Cup, would restore a little sanity I think um, I mean he's I think he's a good manager uh, but he does seem to go on these runs um, when they uh, when it's a bad run he doesn't seem to be able to stop it yeah and that's not a not a great uh, trait to have and, and two two consecutive nine nils it's hard well, to explain uh, is it <laughs> yeah but they did recover well from those no, didn't yeah, they? I know, both of them if there's you another know, one next season what do we do then <laughs> <laughs> well you better ask uh, Des there might be some conspiracy uh, behind it you know but uh, Southampton are not a big six club so maybe not uh, no this, this is an interesting game the players might not be as motivated as uh, as much as the manager. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I think um, that's from the Southampton side. But Leicester, Leicester are holding firm onto a top four place. I mean, they're they're almost there. You know. Yeah. I mean, if Liverpool were looking at uh, three clubs to slip up, and two of them uh, have a little bit. Uh, West Ham have uh, gone off the boil obligingly, but um, and uh, Spurs, of course, but uh, Leicester are holding on. So there's only one place that's really reachable now for Liverpool. Uh, I think Leicester, another a, a sound win over Southampton will just about uh, guarantee um, Champions League football next season. Yeah, I agree. And, and Leicester's good form, um, Craig Marais. Largely accredited to Kilichi Iniacho, who has 14, I was reading, in his last 14 in all competitions. Uh, just when Vardy goes off the ball, you need your striker uh, to, to bang in the goals and Iniacho is doing it. Yeah, just when we were talking about um, the future of Jamie Vardy as well. I mean, he went. he's obviously gone through that spell where um, he, he's not been hitting the back of the net. That was obviously uh, corrected in the last game, but... Um, you know, he's getting on a bit now, isn't he? He's mm. about 34, 35. Um, he's coming towards the tail end of his career. Uh, he'd always, he'll always have a place at Leicester City. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, I think Brendan Rodgers probably would have been snooping around uh, the market and seeing, you know, who's in the, who will be coming in to, to kind of fill in his boots over the next couple of seasons. And uh, he had it right in front of his nose. Um, the problem with the Inacho and and this is it, you know, is that since he's joined Leicester, 
from Man City. He, he's not quite cut it. Um, and whether that's down to him not being given chances, uh, maybe fitness, uh, but he's just never quite uh, cut it. I mean, remember those seasons back yeah. uh, before Gabriel Jesus joined um, yeah, Man yeah, City? Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he was the guy that was coming off the bench and making a difference uh, for Man City in matches. And that's what prompted Leicester to pay the big money. Exactly. Um, he just hadn't quite recaptured that kind of form. Um, however, you know, this season, you know, given the opportunities, I mean, he's proving to be quite the finisher. And his goal last week, um, you know, I, I thought was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Or was it earlier this week, sorry? Mm. Um, was absolutely outstanding. You know, uh, he got a goal and assist, um, but his finish, I mean, just, you know, on the turn, there was no angle and keeper didn't even move. Um, it, it was really quite, quite special. So, um, they've got a they've got a ready-made finisher in Kelechi in the actual, um, and uh, expect to see him feature a lot more uh, from from here on. Yeah, I, uh, Leicester beat Southampton two 0 in January, looking for the double, and the Saints have dropped twenty one points from winning positions this season. That's more than any other side. That is your Friday night game, early Saturday morning, three a.m. kickoff, Southampton against Leicester City. Crystal Palace in 13th take on Man City, who are top of the table. This is your early kickoff on Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Dinner time game for us here in Asia. Um, for this one, Bob, Pep could... I mean, with, with what's... If you look at the big picture and, and how it's poised with PSG at the moment, you're, if you're Pep, you can literally afford to put out a second straight. At three points can be foregone this weekend for Man City, and it wouldn't harm them so much, would it? Uh, no, um, but except that uh, it'd be talked about and there'd be that loss of momentum, as it were. Uh, and teams don't like to go into a big game having just been humiliated by a, a smaller team, which would be the case if if this were to happen. Uh, so I, I don't think, no one, no one plays to to do that and no one gives up a game like that and Pep's got such a big squad that he can still turn out a pretty impressive team a better team than Crystal Palace Man City reserves uh, if there's such a thing anymore um, would or should beat Crystal Palace quite frankly I mean look at the bench I mean he had uh, Aguero and Jesus on the on the bench in midweek, and neither of them were were brought on. So I think they'll get a run out. Uh, one uh, at least one will start. Probably one will come on later. Uh, so he's got um, he's got a lot of room for manoeuvre. But I think he will probably rest Kevin De Bruyne, uh, yeah. Kyle Walker, and one of the centre backs. And possibly Phil Foden. I think those are the guys, the, the crucial guys. Yeah. And the keeper, of course, um, because uh, Stefan has played. He played in the FA Cup uh, side, didn't he? In the, the, the League Cup, Cup final. Yeah. And the Carabao Cup final. So I think he's, he's trusted for a game like this uh, because you, you've got to protect your, um, your main men. Mm. And... Uh, the only way to do that is uh, is to rest them. So I'd I'd be surprised if those guys I've mentioned uh, actually start the game. They may be on the bench, or you may decide to give them a, 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 the weekend off. But you're right. I mean, it doesn't matter. 
it doesn't really matter to Crystal Palace either, does it? Because they're safe. <laughs> um, so this is uh, for for a dinner time game. Um, th this is a bit of a pointless exercise, sadly. But uh, the City will be interesting to see what uh, sort of lineup he does use. I don't think there'll be any clues as to how they'll play against PSG. But um, City are always worth a watch. Uh, under Pep, no matter who who he plays, so uh, I'll be watching. Yeah, for for, for Palace, uh, what can you say about them? They're safe. Roy Hodgson may or may not be there next season. Wolf Zaha's the top scorer with ten goals this season. Um, more about the manager, though. I was reading that uh, Burnley are keen to tie up Sean Dyche long term because apparently Crystal Palace have their eyes on him. Des, do you want to comment on that? We, we, <laughs> <laughs> Sean Dyche's brand of football, do you reckon it'll translate to, to, to South East London? Gosh, <laughs> no. It, it, more, more, more of the same. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a critic of, uh, of, of Burnley, not because of, of, of how they play. It's because of how they play with the money at their um, availability in the very, very top level. That's what my criticism is. He'll have uh, more at Palace. He'll have more at Palace, I, arguably. And, and, and I, I can't see him play, playing any differently. He'll maybe have a slightly better front players, but you can anticipate the, the same, very functional. Sorry, I, I, it, it's not overly critical of Burnley. It's overly critical because they're in the entertainment business and they don't try and entertain, although they did entertain against Wolves in the I was just going to say, in the last few weeks, they've proven you wrong, haven't they? <laughs> no, they haven't proved me wrong because they played the same way. They've just got <laughs> results the same way, which is fine. It's great. If I'm playing third division football, that's the way I would put a <laughs> team down to play. But I'm not playing third division football. And I, I can almost see Craig raising his eyebrows saying, but they haven't got money. I'm saying, my heavens, they have got money they what, what they do do is they they like all clubs they've um they're paying silly money for uh for ordinary players that's what they're doing they can get better players they can coach them to, to to be better so that that's where i go through with burnley if he went to palace i would see much the same of the same i'd, I'd be fascinated to see if he ever got the chance at a chelsea or at a liverpool to see if he uh, what kind of players he would go out and buy but i have a feeling he would be fairly similar and will play that functional but effective football that's what my feeling is all right gabriel jesus is just one strike away from reaching 50 premier league goals crystal palace man city is your early saturday evening kickoff 7 30 p.m we'll offer another break back the other side of this we wondered if you'd make a difference it beats him all ends up, doesn't it? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Bob Holmes, Craig Marias and Des Corkill joining me this Friday evening to look forward to the weekend's EPL action. You can tweet at BFM Radio if you want to get in touch or find us individually on Twitter. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you like German, Spanish, Italian and or Malaysian football, then check out our latest video, TFIF on video, out on YouTube. Right, on with the weekend's football. Um, Chelsea, fourth against Fulham in 18th is your late Saturday night game, half past midnight kickoff. Thomas Tuchel, Craig Marias, has named the starting lineup 
against West Ham and Real Madrid so far, I noticed. Um, he's surely got to change things up this weekend because that tie is so nicely poised. Yeah, um, I, I definitely think uh, there'll be a few changes. I think the likes of Kai Havertz will probably come in, uh, Hakim Ziyech, um, you know, Hudson Adoy, Reese James. I mean, he's got a really good, talented squad there. Um, you know, you could change the, the centre backs as well um, if he needs to. Uh, Alonso, a left back, you know, Kepa has, has rotated a bit in the last few weeks. Um, so he could almost put out a, a whole new 11 uh, and rest, you know, the, the, the squad that he's going to pick, the 11 that he's going to pick uh, for that big match um, um, at Real Madrid or at home to Real Madrid. Um, and, and that's where the focus should be, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I think with, with a squad um, or second string squad or whatever you want to call it, that he'll pick against Fulham, it should be enough uh, to, to get the three points there. I think, you know, Fulham are, are, are doomed. Uh, yeah. There's nothing back uh, for them uh, this season. And uh, and the focus for, for Tucho, I mean, just imagine, just imagine he gets them in, into the Champions League places um, and wins the, the uh, and wins the Champions League. I mean, uh, what what a remarkable difference he would have made, and and I you know I you know a lot of people would have criticised the Lampard sacking. I I for one did, but you know he, they they've got it spot on again the Chelsea board. You know the, this policy that they have of of sacking managers um, at will, um, you know, just seems to work for them. You know, however much you want to criticise it, they still get trophies. Um, and this this manager bounces is one of the best manager bounces I've seen yep. uh, for, for quite a while. Yeah, for, for Fulham, all you can say is they've been putting up spirited performances, but they, they basically come up short both ends of the pitch, and you can't do that in the Premier League. So I, let's leave that with Fulham. For, for Chelsea, Bob, for what, what Craig was saying, they're on the verge of winning stuff and, and having a really good season. Do you think... Timo Werner, who has still not yet fired, really, let's be honest, has to fire for Chelsea to achieve those things this season. Well, they seem to be managing pretty well without goals from him. Uh, he scored three in 32 games, uh, which is, sounds more like a attacking fullback than a, than a striker, doesn't it? Um, but he's, at least he's getting into the, the positions. Um, Werner seems to have faith in him. I mean, he, he saw what he could do in the Bundesliga, but he actually only had one really prolific season there. And he got his move based on that. It's not as if he's been uh, scoring sackloads of goals, uh, you know, since he was a kid. Uh, he's not. Um, I mean, he, he's been played on the wing mm. in the past because he has got such pace. It seems a natural place to put him if he's not a natural goal scorer. But then his versatility has meant that he's been played all over the place. And that can, that's a double-edged sword. I mean, you know, it's great to have somebody who can do that. But then they get shunted around a bit. And he's experienced that at Chelsea. Lampard didn't quite know where to put him. And I think he's probably suffered a little from that. Now Tuchel seems to want to play him through the middle and give him chance and hope the goals will come. I think there is a player there. I, I said that last week. Um, I'm sure he'll, he'll play against uh, Real Madrid. He may be rested for this game, but I'm, I'm sure he'll play for the, in the big one. 
All right. Uh, Fulham haven't recorded a victory in a London derby in 23 attempts. Their last one came in 2014 against West Ham. So good luck, Fulham, with that one. Uh, some of the other EPL ties, we should give them a quick mention, each one. Uh, Brighton in 17th against Leeds in 9th. is Saturday at 10 p.m. Leeds United have come through a really difficult period where they played Man City, Man United and Liverpool, and they've actually come out of it really, really well, Des Corkill. Now for them, I guess it's, will, will, the, will Bielsa stay for next season and more and longer? Uh, yeah, they they have they've looked like a proper team. I think we we previewed them last week um, before the, uh, the the United game, which was a dreadful game of football, by the way, absolutely dreadful. The nil nil uh, leads. So so yeah, we previewed them. They're pretty good. I'd, I'd just like to turn the attention to Brighton, and I've not written Fulham off yet. You know, I I I've liked their attitude. I think they keep trying to play football. Sadly, it's Brighton who are the closest. So Brighton aren't. Absolutely out of it. They should be. Uh, if, if they can eke out one more win, they should be. But they're not out of it yet. And Fulham are good enough to go and, 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 um, and, and win games. Um, but so, so Brighton, be careful. But going back to Leeds, I think they're a proper football club now. Yeah. I hate to say it because I've got, um, I've got something against the, 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 um, the ownership there um, from things that happened over in this part of the world. But they seem to have been uh, settled. They, they play a lovely brand of football. Bielsa's a wonderful character. Uh, they don't cheat. They don't dive. They're honest. They're decent. It's not the Leeds I was brought up with. <laughs> not, not the Leeds anyone was brought up with. All right. Uh, Everton against Aston Villa. That's 8th against 11th. It's Sunday at 3 a.m. Everton, if they play their cards right here, Craig, they, they're actually European qualification is real. For, for Everton. I mean, it may be Europa League, not the Champions League they want, but they can do it. They just need to keep winning. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this one's got draw written all over it for you, has it? Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, I like Everton, you know, I, and you look at their the team that they have, uh, good manager, but the consistency is just always a problem with them. You know, you just never know what you're going to get. Um, and uh, will it improve over time? You'd like to think so, but I mean that's the difference between uh, good teams and and you know teams that are still trying to get there. You know consistency. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's not it's not an easy thing to achieve. It, it definitely isn't, and uh, it's all right going out and splashing big money um, on on players. But we'll take James Rodriguez for example. You know, I mean, great start to his Everton career, but he's faded and he shows up in in patches. Um, and that's what you're going to get. Calvert-Lewin right now is, is going through something similar like that. Uh, but you just need to have that kind of level of consistency to be considered the top team. Um, and that's what makes it amazing, you know, with these teams that are doing it year in, year out, consistently at the top. Um, and and there's, a, there's just a difference, you know. I mean, we've seen that so many times over the years with, with these uh, one-season wonders uh, or whatever you want to call it. You know, we saw Wolves come up from the Championship, have a great season there. They faded away, uh, you know, um, Sheffield United, same thing. You know, you know, doing it year in, year out is hard. And, and that's what um, teams who have money, big budgets, uh, and, and splash it out, um, are trying to achieve. But um, it, it's not easy to do. And uh, uh, I, probably no, no European football for me for, for, for Everton this year. All right. 
All right. Uh, Newcastle, Arsenal, Tottenham, Sheffield United are the other two ties. Um, what's going to happen with the Arsenal tie, Bob? <laughs> Newcastle, Arsenal could be fun because Arsenal have still got to think about the Europa next week, haven't they? Uh, yes, very much so. Uh, they feel as if they're still alive in that, thanks to that ridiculous penalty. It was Saka, by the way, that uh, yeah, Saka that, that, that won in, the yeah. penalty. As the phrase, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. I I totally agree with uh, Des about that. Um, I, it's incredible that they it wasn't overturned, but. You see, it's distorted the whole tie. It's given Arsenal uh, a great lift, and they should have been dead. Uh, I mean, we don't know what would have happened, of course. There was still a bit to go in that game. But uh, Villarreal feel cheated. Uh, whether that will uh, inspire them uh, in, the, uh, in the second leg um, that remains to be seen. And uh, Unai Emery, has, of course, has got something to prove uh, returning to the Emirates uh, after a pretty ignominious reign there. I don't think many Arsenal supporters will be um, welcoming him fondly, shall we say. Uh, it was a bit of a disaster. Uh, but uh, you wouldn't put it past Arsenal to, to get through. Uh, this game, uh, I'd say Newcastle are favourites on current form. <laughs> All right. Really? Newcastle have turned the corner. Okay. Uh, it's Spurs against Sheffield United in the other game. That's Monday, 2.15 a.m. We're going into our final break. Uh, stick around. Back after this. Lovely football. Speed of that little passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. A two-goal lead. Of a goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Bob Holmes, Craig Marias, and um, Des Corkill joining me. Um, the reason I'm pausing is because we've got more special guests joining us. We've got a couple of members of the KL Coppites, the official supporters club uh, of Liverpool FC here in Malaysia. They'll be joining us to help us preview the big game. First, though, the three gents here, Bob, Craig and Des. We're going to look at uh, the Man United-Liverpool game from a Manchester United perspective. Um, it's a Sunday, 11.30pm kickoff. First up, I've got my 16-year-old going, 11.30, Dad, do you reckon it's all right if I stay? <laughs> it's, and it's, as a parent, I tell you, it's one of the most difficult decisions you'll ever have to make. <laughs> but... Um, all right, let's come to the Man United fan, Craig, here first. Um, obviously, a good result in the Europa in midweek. Uh, do you reckon it will be the same team that, that uh, Ole will put out against Liverpool? And how important, how, how important, how serious will Man United take this one? Oh, very. Uh, I mean, it's Liverpool at the end of the day. I mean, they've got that cushion against Roma now. Um, I think that's where um, the rotation will be um, if Ole decides to do it. Um, yeah, uh, one thing you you look at uh, Solskjaer's teams is that he doesn't rotate much. You, you you can more or less pick, you know, ten of that. Uh, uh, you can pick ten players out of that eleven. You know, the only one being the right hand side. Uh, does Greenwood play? Does does Rashford play there, or, or do, is it going to be Dan James? 
um, and that's about it, really. You know, but mm-hmm. I, I would I would think, uh, despite people's goal, I think it'd go with the same eleven, um, and, and rightly so. You know, I think the other players like um, you know like Greenwood and all that can make an impact off the bench, um, or or they just start the next match in in, in Rome. You know, with, with that cushion. Um, United, they definitely want to win this. There's, there's no two ways about that. Um, a win would put a nail in Liverpool season, uh, in, the, in the coffin for Liverpool season. Um, and and that's that's what United will be looking to do. You know, I mean, I think Des will agree with me. I don't think I'm being harsh. It's been a, it's been a disaster of a season for Liverpool. Um, and, and that win there uh, would just, you know, seal, seal their fate for the season. And, and that's it. Bragging rights and this, that, the other. You know, United will take that. Uh, but it's not going to be easy. United know it's not going to be easy. Liverpool will come, aiming to, you know, to get the points uh, on board after after last week. Um, uh, I think it's just going to be um, a tense encounter, a close encounter. Don't think there's going to be too many goals in this. Um, but you know, it, it's one of those matches where you just got to watch it, no matter what. You just got to watch it. Yeah, they say it's it's one of the biggest ties in in the world, and and I I have to agree, I am biased. But but that's called Gil. Uh, Craig has a point here. It, it, if there's one thing that's going to drive a Manchester United side on, it is the fact that they could put the nail in the coffin of Liverpool's aspirations for next season in 90 minutes on Sunday. I'm not sure the players think that because they're a little bit removed uh, the, with the passion of the fans being being absent. Yeah, but what, what I will say deal. is that what I will say with Man United is they're a different team with Edison Cavani leading the line. They are a superb team when Cavani is there because he introduces um, Bruno uh, Bruno Fernandez and he, he gets Pogba going. The spotlight's off Pogba and Pogba seems to be one of those players who thrives when he's not the the, the main man. Uh, and so if if Cavani plays, if Cavani stays, which is a big thing, yeah. I think Man United are a very, very different side. He's, he's, he's a, a bit bit old, can't play all games. I suspect he might be rotated for this one because United will look on the Europa League final as, as priority and Cavani's so important to that. Um, and I know you'll talk about Liverpool later, but uh, that Newcastle game. So everyone has been really on Mane's back and Liverpool's back, uh, and you'll talk about that later. But I look at the chances they've they made. Um, but but don't, don't, don't you think that they're off the boil this season? And, and that's half the problem. Yeah, they're, they're off the boil. It's been, it's been very trying. It's been very, very difficult. But the, the turnaround, I've, I'm interested to hear what your, your KL uh, fans say. I've been horrified by the turnaround. Last year, oh, we're all one big happy family. This year, the sniping has begun. Football fans are the same all over the world. What I will say is I read the, the Merseyside papers and the support for Klopp and Liverpool is second to none. It's the, it's, it's the sniping that's gone outside of the Liverpool or the immediate area that, that I'm, I'm really very, very frustrated about. But, it's uh, a social yeah, media know, fans, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a social yeah. media fans and yeah. it, it's, it's very difficult to take and I hope the players, Liverpool players, don't take it on board. It's been very trying, very trying. It, it has been very trying for Liverpool. And, and if, there, if there are question marks over how United will approach this, um, it will be who they rest. And also, I know for you, Bob Holmes, that question mark of who plays in goal, you, you're, you're not keen on the swapping Henderson and De Gea week in, week out method, are you? Uh, no, no, I, I'm not. I think uh, you should just play your best keeper. It's up to the manager to decide who's his best keeper, and he plays him in the important games. Um, it's, it's very clear. But uh, Solskjaer, I think he, he's not sure 
uh, who to pick, Henderson or De Gea. There's the question of whether De Gea might want to leave and all that is factored into this. He's trying to keep them both happy. You can see what he's doing. But for me, De Gea is the number one keeper. I know his form has dipped uh, quite a bit uh, this season and, and last, but I still don't think that Henderson is that great, to be honest. I think if you had, uh, you know, if, if you had someone like Nick Pope in there, then I would say, yes, he is a threat to De Gea, but I don't, I don't rate Henderson that highly. So that's my view on that. Um, I don't think there should be any issue here. This is Liverpool are turning up at Old Trafford. I mean, if that doesn't get you going, if you're a Manchester United player or fan, I don't know what is. But you see, you've got the likes of Cavani, who's only been in, in town for a few weeks, and you can't really expect him to have uh, absorbed this history, this hundred years or so of history of uh, enmity between the two cities, never mind the two clubs, uh, and all that. So there isn't going to be the the feeling that that you used to get in these derbies, but which is uh, which is probably why there hasn't been a decent game for about fifteen years between <laughs> the two. I can't right. remember one. Okay, FA Cup earlier this year. Wasn't that three two? Great, was it? Wasn't three two? Wasn't that yeah. Great. Last minute goal. Okay, oh, it was better. It was better, but it wasn't like the old the old games used to be. <laughs> Yeah, but if you're involved uh, a fan or of either side, then they've all been good. They've yeah. all been great. Uh, all right, I tell I tell you what, all things Liverpool, right on the other side of this. This match would normally have over eighty thousand pairs of eyes trained on it, but now on the ball on BFM eighty nine point nine. And just like that, I've cleared my virtual studio, and I've got two new guests in. Introducing Geary, who's the legal advisor, and Marlin who is the KL committee member of the KL Copites. They are the official uh, Liverpool FC Supporters Club of Malaysia. Did I get that right, gentlemen? Yes, yes, yes correct. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Very happy to have you guys on. Right, uh, big game this weekend. Man United versus Liverpool. The guys have already said that Man United could virtually kill off Liverpool's European football hopes with a win this weekend. So uh, let's talk to you first, Giri. Um, yep. Apart from injuries, what do you think's gone wrong with Liverpool this season? I know there's the Van Dijk, you've had the goalie out for a while, but for me, your strikers have lost a bit of form as well. What's all that down to, you think? Well, first of all, thank you for having us on the show, uh, Ross. Uh, but I can actually narrow this entire thing down to two things. First of all, I think that this squad has served its playing cycle under, under Klopp. And uh, let me be clear about this, okay? We've been playing with a very high level of intensity and with a high, uh, very identifiable structure and format and mode of play for the last three years. And really no team can go on playing with this kind of intensity okay, for, for that long. Hang on, so let, me think... jump, let me jump in here and, and ask. Yeah. Uh, so are you saying out with the old, in with the new? No, no. I, 
it's not that you can't just you know kick eleven floors out of exactly. Where do you find another salah? No, but, but, but 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 I think I think fatigue has set in because of the way in which they've been playing over the last three years, and it's foreseeable, and it doesn't help with the injuries because yeah. that means squad rotation okay gets affected, the mode of play gets affected, the format of play gets affected. Yeah. But I think the second factor, which a lot of people have underplayed or not seen, is that Liverpool, as a club, as a team, is very fan-based. And because it's fan-based, it really needs, the intensity of the team is holistically dependent on the presence of fans. Uh, and it is the absence of fans that, as I think, I wouldn't say brought about, but there are going to be times where that intensity is dependent on the presence of it. Remember, we were three full seasons, okay? That 68 games between April 2017 yeah, and yeah. January 2021 without losing a game at home. Yeah. And that's only second to what Chelsea did. Yeah, agreed. The, the 12 men is so important. And, yeah, and, and so I feel, think that the, yeah. the, two, the, the two things that have actually contributed outside of the injuries is the... Uh, psychological effect of playing a particular way for a long time Agreed. and the absence of fans. So I yeah. think had the fans been around, that psychological barrier could have been crossed. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, your entire Liverpool squad really need to rest up at the yeah. end of the season yeah. and rest yeah. up good. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, it makes this weekend's game even bigger. And, and yeah, uh, the fact that fans won't be at Old Trafford is a major, major negative but, I mean, you look at the Liverpool run-in. Uh, let's come to you then, Marlon, uh, KL committee member of the KL Coppites. You got, obviously, uh, United at Old Trafford this weekend. But I, I look at your run-in, Southampton at home, West Brom away, Burnley away, Palace at home. All wins, and you're there. Well, of course, we are hoping to finish the top four. Uh, it's not going to be easy. It really depends on how the other teams around us perform. Uh, my gut feeling is Chelsea or Leicester will fall out of the top four. Uh, they, have, they seem to have tougher games than us uh, on, on paper. Uh, we have a mountain to climb, but of the remaining contenders, we tend to do well when the odds are... Against. And what, what does your gut feeling say? Can you do it? Can your boys do it? Yeah, Liverpool to creep in, creep in. Yeah. You know, I, I want to tell you, Bob actually feels the same way as you. And Bob's a Nottingham Forest fan. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right, massive game. Um, let's talk a little bit about the KL Coppites. I, I know you guys, being the official Malaysian supporters club, you 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 make a lot of trips to Anfield. Obviously, there's been a hold on that with the current situation in the world. Are you hoping that will will go ahead again soon, guys? Will, will, will that be next season? Well, it's very hard to say, Ross, because uh, uh, we can't really put a date on it at the moment. So so much of uncertainty. We've had six previous trips uh, all previously, right? And 120 members have uh, benefited from it. Um, but at this point of time, really, with, uh, with COVID, we can't really... with this. Um, all right, let's get predictions from you, gents. And Gary, what do you think is going to happen this weekend, Man United-Liverpool? Well, after last night's uh, Roma thrashing, okay, United really don't have to rest any players for this weekend. You know, they can play a second string, okay, and get to the Europa League final. So I expect United to play their top 11. And as usual, this game becomes attritional for absolutely no reason. Because United and <laughs> Liverpool have not been gunning for a title against each other for God knows how long. Yeah. But for some reason, it becomes attritional. And therefore, it becomes cagey. 
Um, I think not since Moyes was manager of United have we beaten you guys at Old Trafford. We have drawn a lot of times. The last time we were there was in the FA Cup when we lost 3-2. Given that and given the necessity of qualifying for Champions League, I think we're going to just nick it 2-1. 2-1. Okay. Marlon, what's your score prediction? I'm going for the same. We need it more than you guys. eh? <laughs> it's Absolutely. more it's more important ones. All right, gents, listen, we're rapidly running out of time. I want to say thank you so much for joining me. Uh, hopefully, we'll have time to get you guys on more often throughout the season. Looking forward thank to it, Ross. Thank you for having us on the show. Just enough time for me to say thanks to Bob, to Des, to Craig, and of course to Geary and Marlon as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you Monday. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.